the Southern Africa campaign to dismantle corporate power. Update from 2019. Hello, Emil, intern at AIDC, working on the Southern Africa campaign to dismantle corporate power, and I am with Kia. And I also work on the campaign to dismantle corporate power. We like to have maybe a presentation or a discussion on this campaign, starting with some history. Yes, so the Southern African campaign to dismantle corporate power started in 2016 with the very first People's Tribunal on the role of transnational corporations in Southern Africa, and we hosted it in Eswatini. And how many organizations and countries are involved in the campaign? Well, effectively, there's um, 10 sort of core um social movements and organizations linked to the campaign and then from there there's different um, affected communities that are also linked uh, to the campaign. Um, there's about there's several groupings in Mozambique, Malawi, Zambia, Namibia, South Africa, Zimbabwe, um, just to name a few. And who are we fighting against? Well, um, I would like to say that it's less of a fight and much more of a drive to dismantle corporate power and also to try to build people's resistance and sovereignty. So a campaign since 2016, there has been three permanent people's tribunal from 2016 to 2018 presenting 20 cases of corporate impunity in the region and those cases were dealing with what is called the architecture of corporate impunity. Maybe you want to add something about this concept mm. i think for um the work of the campaign which is linked to also the global campaign to dismantle corporate power we have an understanding that um one could say there's a structure right or a very loose structure that exists that allows transnational corporations to do um what they're doing to, to allows them to act with impunity and we call it the architecture of impunity and the architecture of impunity includes um, laws and, 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 and policies that um, for example allow transnational corporations to be to take part in illicit financial flows or um, transnational corporations to um, conduct um, human rights violations through legal processes. Um, one of the um, one of the examples of something that falls within the architecture of impunity can be this whole thing where a corporation can take a um, government to court for implementing policies that might right have um, um, might, might rather cause problems in relation to their profits. So it's, these are these are things that fall within the architecture itself. In 2019, communities have protests for the right to say no. This one happening in Pretoria in November. You are listening to 
2019's update of the Southern Africa campaign to dismantle corporate power. We had a case uh, against um, the building of the Inga 3 Dam, which looks at um, a consortium of companies that are involved in pushing for this bid, and also how the South African government is linked to wanting the Inga 3 Dam to be built, because, of course, we're going to be the biggest uh, power purchaser from it. We had a case against Parmalat. We had a case against the corporate capital of the pharma input subsidy program in Malawi by Monsanto. And subsequently, that whole process has, of course, expanded to other countries in the Southern African region. Um, we've had a case against Glencore in Zambia and in South Africa. And um, we had a case against Lonman, which no longer exists, and is right now um, Sabanya Stillwater. So we've had um, sort of a different array of cases being presented against uh, particularly corporations in the extractive industry. So not only mining, but mega... Um, agricultural mega developmental projects so maybe to make it clear for people who hasn't heard about this campaign before what kind of uh, impact or breach of human rights law for example as those tnc made in those cases most of the time um it's violence, displacement, and environmental degradation. So um, you have examples of how community members would say that the um, bones of their loved ones were exhumed and put in plastic bags and they were just given 2,000 rand to go um, bury again the, um, the, 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 their loved ones. You'll find people talking about how they knew nothing um all they knew or all they saw rather is just tractors and big bulldozers coming forth on their land and displacing them there's an interesting case um from some rural woman in kzn who's speaking about how their biggest source of water has been captured by a mining company so when they want to get water for their cattle they're criminalized you know, because now water is an entity or a thing um, for the mining company itself and not available for, for the community members. So um, those that, that, that's literally the Bailey and, and, and much of the cases. I mean, even in around displacement where smallholder farmers will be pushed out of arable land or um, there'd be a disruption between the land that community members have been living on for years and identify with that land and they'll be pushed off just for the development of a mine or a large-scale um, agricultural uh, program or something like that.
Are listening to 2019's update of the Southern Africa campaign to dismantle corporate power. So we have um, transnational corporations that all over the region in Southern Africa um, buy their activities have a huge impact on the communities that are living here. In 2016, 17 and 18, um, the campaign hold free permanent people tribunal to present those cases and to illustrate or demonstrate the architecture of impunity that those TNC are dealing with. Um, in 2019, the campaign wanted to look further and try to deal directly with this impunity, massive impunity. How did we tackle it? I think um, in 2019, our biggest focus was in and around the rolling out and the, and the development of the Right to Say No campaign. From most of the cases that are presented at the tribunal processes, it became very clear that communities were saying that, look, we were not consulted, we were not asked in relation to the, um, the decision that happens on our land. So therefore, then it became clear that the communities and affected people's consent rights were not respected. And rather than just developing a thick document that comes out of um, a tribunal process, we decided to galvanize the energy that came out of the tribunal and develop another campaign that will drive and push, or let me not even say push, roll back the power of transnational corporations by people demanding their right to say no. And this is how we've been doing it this year. When you talk about the right to say no, it's the right for communities to say no to a project hold by TNC to happen in the place they are living in, right? Yes, basically that's literally that. Um, the stories that happen right now is that uh, community members would be approached by a couple of people wearing suits and tell them that they would get jobs if they accept a particular project. So, um, and when when they are told this, they have no space to say no at all. So therefore, then the communities are at, uh, at a disadvantage in relation to that particular thing because, yeah, these outsiders coming and telling you actually what's going to happen on your land. So the right to say no then makes it sort of ensures the process of community members and affected people then come to the bargaining table and are 100% equal on that bargaining table and the decision ends up lying with them. On 2019 there was this why to say no campaign but how did you make it um, 
how did you give it strength um one of the things that we did was right in the beginning of the year during the alternative mining in daba we hosted a right to say no teach in to introduce um people to our understanding of um, what free plan informed consent is and how we want to push the envelope in relation to the consent and um, from there it spitballed with us um, pushing to host a regional right to say no um, workshop linked to the Southern African People Solidarity Network um, parallel summit to the Sadek Heads of State Summit that happens in August every year. So this year we were in Tanzania and we had around um, 60 to 80 people for about two, uh, two and a half days or so. And we we're talking about what is the right to say no? What are rights? What is consent? What is a community? And also looking at case studies from the region where people have been resisting. So um, one of one of the biggest things for us in relation to the right to say no is how can we shape and drive this campaign to give strength to the resistance that is already taking place? I am Bernadette Malamba from Zambia. Bernadette from Rural Women Assembly in Zambia has taken part in workshop dealing with communities why to say no. The rural women don't understand that they have got rights to say yes or no. When things are bad or things are good, they don't know how to say no or yes. So, the campaign to say no uh, has gone far in our chapters, in our countries. We are teaching our women to be brave and to show that they have got that right. Especially where I'm coming from in the mining areas. Uh, previous, they were just saying, now, today we are uh, coming to remove you from here. We are putting up a mine. No one can say anything. People have to be displaced just like that. Without claiming anything. No compensation. Now, because when we come here, we share ideas. How to fight for these things. And how to help our friends. Yes. Not only in mining, but even in farming. Because... Government can come and say, here we are putting a more shopping mall. Can you please move? Move out. Poor women or poor people cannot say anything. Back with Kia, the coordinator of the Southern Africa campaign to dismantle corporate power. Most part of 2019 has been around shaping and strengthening the work in relation to the right to say no. But that being said, it's also been around pushing for the demand for a UN binding treaty um, in respect of uh, business and human rights and seeing how we can push for consent rights and also make sure that consent rights are stipulated within the treaty itself. So to be clear, there is a Southern Africa campaign to dismantle corporate power and this campaign is linked with a global campaign to dismantle corporate power that is pushing for this binding treaty to be signed amongst the United Nations institutions and it has been pushing for the last five years I guess. 
um, what is, um, let's say, the input of the Southern Africa campaign to the global campaign pushing for the binding treaty? I heard you were in Geneva with other Southern Africa organization. What was your input into those negotiations? I think as the um, as a Southern African campaign with um, our different affiliates and, 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 and partners and um, social movements and organizations that we work with, one of our biggest inputs in the process is actually pushing and demanding for the strengthening of consent rights. Um, I think I think this this would um, put and give a lot of teeth to the treaty itself. The global campaign speaks about the primacy of human rights. So um, it makes no sense to have a treaty in place that does not respect and um, have human rights um, as a focal point in the treaty itself, right? As a, The treaty should be a means to protect and uphold human rights. So our input, again, like I said, is in relation to consent rights and making sure that groups of people and communities or affected people are at the central uh, 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 um, part or, or rather are at the center of making decisions, right? We need to be the ones that determine what happens in our backyard. You don't enter into someone's house and tell them what to make for you. It doesn't work like that. So even when we were in Geneva, <clears throat> Some of the things that we were doing is seeing how the treaty looks like right now and um, what are the things it's missing in relation to the um, Southern African and African perspective itself. And we're looking at how the treaty doesn't look at issues of the ecological crisis itself, um, so issues around climate change. It doesn't look at um, issues of um, illicit financial flows and it doesn't look at um, issues around consent and free prior and informed consent and it doesn't look at issues in and around um, a, a strong African feminist lens and how to answer some of the questions that come in around that. But there is a strong series of criticism against United Nations institutions saying that they are um, institutions in Geneva or in New York mainly ruled by Western countries. Um, how did you guarantee the Southern African representation during those uh, negotiations? One of the things that we did is to make sure that um, this year in Geneva we host the very first um, Africa side event. And um, this was then where a lot of um, African civil society groups, some of us came together and hosted an event with... Um, States and other CSOs around the world to sort of talk to them about what is it, what does it mean to have a binding treaty that is responsive to the African perspective, and I think another thing is that um, internally and at a, at a at a smaller scale in South Africa itself, we wanted to host a space and we hosted a space where we met with community activists and went through the treaty um, itself with them and made sure that they input on what kind of treaty they want you know and in that way then um circumventing a big gap that um the un processes might have in geneva where it's not close to the people and it's not close to the pe to the people that are most affected
are listening to 2019's update of the Southern Africa campaign to dismantle corporate power. So you have struck in two different eras, trying to have some popular education teaching, if I understand you well, in Tanzania, close to the communities, and also uh, add to into the UN level, or let's say government level, and having a binding treaty that enforce uh, the right to say no. What are your expectations in the coming year for this campaign? What's more important for us is the continuation of developing and, again, rolling out the right to say no. I think it's so important that um, the right to say no becomes a campaign that not only resonates with affected people, but becomes a campaign for and by affected people and becomes a campaign that affected people give expression to. The right to say no should be a campaign or a platform for people to be able to show each other solidarity. And it should be, I believe, a tool for people to be able to push back you know, and say, no, 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 you can't come here and determine A, B, and C. Or you have to take responsibility for the environmental degradation that has come to, to, to our community. So for 2020, is looking at how do we shape the right to say no even further, and much more, how do we then take the right to say no and its demand and place it within the binding treaty so it can have much more teeth. The focus around the binding treaty needs to be around the primacy of, of, of human rights and protecting the rights of affected people. And one of the best ways to do that is through strengthening the consent rights of people and taking away the power um, from a few fat cats that live in different countries that are the ones actually um, doing the bad things to a great uh, mass of people. It's quite a big shift that we we are trying to achieve, taking away power from transnational corporation in the context of globalization. Um, it's pretty powerful kind of things we like to, to make. I think it's important. I think um, we are living in a world with multiple crises, but one of the things... I guess the underbellies of the crisis is that power and and, and, and and wealth lies in the hands of a very uh, few people, but everyone else is um, subjected to huge amounts of inequality, unemployment, and living in squalor, and having to deal with issues around the climate crisis, which they didn't necessarily um, cause or contribute towards. So... It's important right now in 2020 and in beyond working on how do we strengthen our power as people? How do we reclaim back our sovereignty that has been given to a few people and let them know that, look, this is our earth. This is our space. These are our resources. This is our wealth. And basically, we need to be making the decisions and we are the people that need to be considered. So I think it's a it's it's a big and large campaign, but it's a very necessary and powerful campaign. You have listened to the 2019 updates of the Southern Africa campaign to dismantle corporate power.